Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. We looked last week about God's plan for you as he brings you out of that place of bondage, out of Egypt, if you will, and the things that happen on taking that journey and climbing to higher heights. Uh, This week, we're going to look at what really matters most. When you're saved, here's what matters most. Therefore, you know how to live your life and what that looks like until you go from this life to the next. And I just want to encourage you to open up and just keep taking this journey. Uh, For some of us, you know, we've been at different stages here, and my hope is also for you to see the next step. To just be honest and see where you're at on that path. Where am I on that path? And see, have I taken the next step? Am I really tapping into where I am or connecting and then moving forward? You know, part of this series came from the fact that as of last Sunday, after last Sunday, we've seen 370 people give their life to Christ. And so, man, amen, that's something to celebrate right there. All heaven rejoices when one person comes to Jesus. So we want to take them. We want, to, we want everybody to know that's just the beginning. And then we need to be reminded from time to time not to get complacent or stagnant where we're at with the Lord. So we're going to keep going today. And I want you to go ahead and turn to, as you did, Psalms 90 for me. So the question is this. I want to answer this question. After I'm saved, what do I need to be doing? What do I need to be doing right now? What matters the most? And so we're going to start here. Psalms 90, written by Moses, in fact. Now David didn't write all the Psalms. Most of them, Moses wrote this one. Verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Basically, he's saying everyone has a limited number of days. Help us understand that. Let us understand that we're only here for a short time, that we just don't have this unending time and I got all the time in the world. We need to live with a sense of purpose is what Moses is saying. We need to understand that there, our days are numbered. We're, we're running out of them and every day counts Let us take this life seriously. And then it went on to say, so we can have a a heart of wisdom. And that is really our goal. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is knowing how to do it. So he says, I want to know, I I want to live like I understand that I have a limited number of days. I want to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to live my life doing what I'm here for. It's basically what the psalmist said there. And so that really is our goal and what we want to be doing. The truth is a lot of us know what we're to do. We're just not doing it. And really, there's, that's kind of life. There's a lot of things we know that are good to do, we should do, but we don't do it. Everybody knows how important it is to spend time with our family. But not a lot of us schedule that time. Not a lot of us make that. Everybody knows it's important to eat healthy. But a lot of us don't do that. Everybody knows it's important to, you get, what I'm, you get my point here. Everybody knows and at, at the end of life, you know, we, we don't find ourselves, when I've been with people at the end of life, never, no one's ever said to me, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. Can I just tell you, I've never heard that. And just based on what I do, I spend time with people at the end of life. I, I hear people after they've been given a, a diagnosis perhaps of like something terminal or something happened or, or tragically happened or, or they've avoided some kind of near-death experience. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've spent time with and, and it's just they have a different perspective then. They see life differently. And they understand that life truly is a gift and at any moment life could be over and so make the most of the life that you have. In fact, when people know, if people are told that they only have a short period of time, they live life differently. Can I tell you, that's my experience when I'm with countless people that find themselves in that situation because I'm a pastor. And that we would, if we would understand that we only have a short amount of time here, not in a sense to live in fear, but to be on mission, 
to do after we're saved, then we have things we need to be about because James says that life is but a vapor, life is but a mist. It's a fleeting moment of time. And so we need to understand that we need to make the most of our days. Uh, Part of the reason why we don't do the things that we should do is because we don't know the value of today. And so we need to make the most of today. And when we realize that, we start living or living life differently. Take a look at Ephesians 5 with me, verse 15, New Living Translation. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Don't live like fools, like people who don't understand that their life has a limit to it. Don't live like you can live however you want your whole life. That's not how it works. So don't be foolish. But like those who are wise, going back to those who have a heart of wisdom, who are applying something to what they know they're to do. They're doing something about it. It goes on to say this, make the most of every opportunity. The word opportunity here in the Greek is the word kairos. And kairos, really what that means is that means opportunity, but it means a fleeting moment. It means a quick opportunity like, wow, I just missed that one. Here's your chance. Here's your chance. Here's your chance. Wow, you just missed that one. It's like, here it is right now. It's not this huge expanse. It's this window in time. And really it's reiterating that we have this moment in time that we need to make the most of. Don't act thoughtlessly like you don't know that you have a limited amount of time. Don't act like that's not true. Don't act like you have all the time in the world, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what he wants you to do. Before we can understand what the Lord wants us to do, we need to know what he values most. What is the most important things we can be about? We need to understand what life is really about. What matters most? That's what we need to understand, need to be about. And so um, I want to read this to you. I found this, and I think it helps us understand what life is really about. In fact, it's called Life Explained by God. And so God, creation stories right here. Let me read it for you um, because I want to get it right. On the first day, God created the dog and said, sit all day by the door of your house and bark at anyone who comes in or walks past. For this will give you a lifespan of 20 years. And the dog said to God, that's a long time to be barking at people. How about only 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10? And so God agreed with the dog. On the second day, God created the monkey and said, entertain people, do tricks, make them laugh, and for this, I'll give you a 20-year lifespan. And the monkey said, monkey tricks for 20 years, and that's a pretty long time to perform. How about I give you back 10 like the dog? And God agreed with the monkey. On the third day, God created the cow and said, you must go into the field with the farmer all day long, suffer under the sun, have calves, give milk to support the farmer's family. For this, I'll give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow said, that's kind of a tough life, and you want me to live that for 60 years? How about 20, and I'll give you back the other 40? And then God agreed. On the fourth day, God created man and said, eat, sleep, play, marry, and enjoy life. And for this, I'll give you 20 years. But man said, only 20 years? Could you possibly give me my 20, the 40 the cow gave back, the 10 the monkey gave back, and then the 10 the dog gave back, and let's make it 80, okay? And God said, okay, that's what you want. So that's why the first 20 years we eat, sleep, play, and enjoy our lives. For the next 40 years, we slave in the sun to support our family. For the next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. And for the last 10 years, we sit on the front porch and bark at everyone that walks by. And that is life explained. Let's bow our heads and pray. No, I'm just kidding. There obviously is more to life 
We need to understand what, the, what, what, what matters most, what the values are, so we know how to live. We're first supposed to live our life that we need to understand what matters most. After we're saved, what matters most to you and I in life? And I wanna, I wanna share some couple things, but I think, I wanna suggest to you that there's actually three things, only three things that matter most. The first one's God matters. God matters. And after you're saved, before you're saved, after you're saved, and God matters. And so God matters most. In fact, God matters more than anything else. And we would all say, I know God matters. In fact, probably everybody in the church would say, I know that. I'm here. God matters. The question is, does our life really reflect that? I mean, does it? I mean, if someone were to follow you around, if I was to follow you around all day, or you were to follow me around away, number one, that would be creepy and we'd probably get tired of each other. But we, if we heard each other talk and interact and we saw things and listened to things, would we be able at the end of the day say, God really matters to that guy? So our life needs to reflect it. And so God really matters. And so he really matters. So God's not someone who just wants to be on your list. He wants to be at the top of your list. He's not someone that just wants to see you on Sunday. He wants to see you every day. He wants to be your best friend. And the truth is, and I'm here to prepare you, but the truth is that we all will stand before God one day and he will ask everyone that has ever drawn a breath on this planet, he will ask everyone a question. He will ask, what did you do with my son? What did you do with this relationship? And he's not gonna ask how much church, how much church you attended. He's not gonna ask how, how much money you gave. He's not gonna ask how many people did you invite. He's not gonna ask how many mission trips you went on, how many outreaches, how many diapers you changed, how many cars you parked, how many songs you sang. He's not gonna ask that. He's gonna say, what did you do with my son? Were you in a relationship with him? What about that? Did you put your energy, your time, your effort, your resources, your love, your passion towards the relationship that matters most at the end of the day? You know, twice in the Gospels, when you read the New Testament, Jesus uh, gives these examples. He talks about scores of religious people. Scores of religious people will stand before God and have all kinds of religious reasons why God should let them in. And both times, Jesus' response wasn't, no, you didn't do enough. Of, a, of, of these things. You didn't help enough people. You didn't give enough. You didn't attend enough. It's not that. That's never his response. Both times his response was, I can't. I never knew you. We didn't have a relationship. Relationship with God is huge. And our goal here is to make the kingdom of God attractive, knowing God and serving God attractive to you, so much so that it becomes the highlight of your life. That's what our hope and that's what we endeavor to do. Why? Because God matters. Look at the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 7 and 8. But whatever were gains to me, and he gained a lot of things. He had a great education. He was a leader. He was a ruler. He was acknowledged by people. He had status. He had position. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. None of that really mattered for the sake of Christ. I now know those things that I thought were important are not as important as knowing Jesus. But what more is more, I consider everything a loss. There is nothing I could ever think of, nothing on this earth that could ever matter more or as much as God. That's what he's saying. Because, it's surpassing, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage. And nothing else comes close to mattering like God matters. That's what he's saying here in the scripture. It's important for you and I to understand that. And Paul's saying that's the most important thing. And Jesus told stories also in the New Testament about this. He talked about a man who spent his life uh, becoming wealthy, uh, giving everything to, to making money, if you will, doing all these other things. And look at what Jesus said to him in Luke 12, 
20, he said to this, but God said to him, you fool, going back to thinking foolishly, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Basically what Jesus was saying is, listen, you don't know this, but your life is going to end today. Not that it was going to be taken, but Jesus knows, you don't know this, but this is going to be your last day on the planet. But he's basically what he's telling them. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? All those things you worked so hard for and put as priorities and made matter the most important thing in your life, made those things. This is how it will be whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Basically, he's just talking about God matters most. Nothing else matters but knowing God. And my hope is that serving God and knowing God is not just a Sunday thing for you. And he's not going to be just your Sunday God because he's, he's God. He's not going to be. He didn't have to be that. He's not going to be. He wants to be your best friend. And Paul is saying the most important thing is that God matters. But I know that in our humanity and living on this earth, it's like this gravitational pull to other things. We're pulled towards putting emotion and passion and energy and love towards things that don't matter. And, and we need to understand that God matters the most. All that passion and energy didn't produce anything. I'm just trying to tell you to make a good decision after you're saved on what's next. Until you carry this value, then we, until, until we understand this value, how do we address or order our life then? Uh, let me give you the second thing. People matter. People matter. This is one some people aren't going to want to hear and hear, and I know that. All right, people matter. Okay, well, some people do, but some people do. Yeah, right, no, no, everybody matters. Everybody matters to God, therefore, everybody should matter to you. People matter. And this one's so important that I wish I had more time to teach this one. I wish I had more time because uh, for, for us in here today, the reason why, if you're upset today, the reason why, if you're hurt today, the reason why that something else is going on is because of somebody else. It's very easy in this life to be upset with somebody because it seems people are working so hard to get you upset with them. I mean, did God put you on the earth to just make me mad? That's what we think, right? It's like, you're really good at that. I mean, there's just like those people in life. Work, people work really hard for us to get mad at them, it seems like. It's real easy to not like people. And it's like the pastor that said this, uh, pastoring would be the best job in the whole world if it wasn't for all the people. <laughs> like that. that wasn't me, by the way. That wasn't this pastor. No, 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 that wasn't this pastor. It was another pastor. But I want to be serious for a moment. I want you to really hear my heart because this really, uh, yeah, I plan my messages out as far as I can. And I had this one planned out for a while. I knew where I was going every week. In fact, I already know I'm doing August and September and I, I believe the Holy Spirit led me. So in planning this one out and working on this one, I really felt the Holy Spirit spoke to me specifically about this. And because there's so many of us, I think that will struggle with this one. And it's important that we understand how important this matter is. Um, and I believe this is an in-season word for those of us that are, find ourselves struggling with this. Uh, some of us are carrying around some offense and wounds and something that somebody did or said, and it's destroying your life. It's killing you. It's time to let that go. It's time to work through that. But pastor, you don't know what happened to me, and I don't, and I know I don't, but I know what will happen if you don't deal with it in a godly way. I do, I've seen it over and over again. I know what the word says about offense and unforgiveness, and I know that. And I know, and I'm not saying that it wasn't serious, and I'm not saying that it, that it didn't hurt, and there's not real pain. I know that there is, and I'm not saying that they were right, and you were wrong, or you were right, and they were wrong. But if you hang on to it, it's going to destroy you. And maybe not physically, but ultimately, offense and unforgiveness leads to health issues. It's been proven. Stress. 
but it will destroy you emotionally because you can't compartmentalize emotions. It will destroy you spiritually because the Bible says that your prayers are hindered. The Bible says offense and unforgiveness will hinder your giving, your prayers, the things that you're believing God to do. If there's things that you haven't dealt with, God says that those things are hindered. And so it's not about being right, it's about being godly. It's about being obedient. It's about understanding people matter. I heard someone say this one time, unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the person next to you dies from smoke inhalation. (laughs) Funny but true. And I'm just here to give you a friendly reminder that people matter to God and they need to matter to us. We need to let some things go. Right now I want you to say I love my pastor. (laughs) Can't need to feel it. Okay, that was weak. Okay, but anyways, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. All right, so there are very few things in this earth that actually matter and people matter. Galatians 5, 13 through 15. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Just do do however you feel. Let Let your feelings and emotions rule you. Rather, serve one another. Serve one another humbly in love for the entire law. Sum up the whole scripture is fulfilled in keeping this one command, the whole Bible, Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. You will be destroyed by each other. Let me say this. If you forget that it really matters and be reminded today, it is so important. Again, I want to take that a step further because initially this was my stopping point in the moving on, but I really felt compelled to the Holy Spirit to look at the rest of this passage of Scripture because the reality is those pains and those hurts are real. And I know that. And we might think in our own strength and ability, we can't do it. We can't reconcile. We can't do it. And I totally get that. In your own strength and ability, you can't. I can't. But it's not your strength and ability that you operate in after you're saved. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. And you're never going to be ready and you're never going to be at a point because the enemy's going to make sure of that. But it's not you, it's in him we live and move and have our being. It's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And so I really felt the Holy Spirit really checked me on this to keep reading this passage because I was going to stop there. It goes on to say then, the next verse in 16, so I say, walk by the spirit. Trust God in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Don't let the flesh or the hurt control you. For the flesh desires what is contrary. It's never going to lead you to do what God wants you to do. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. They're not going to match up. If you're waiting for perfect alignment, it's not going to happen. Follow the Spirit. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Don't do it that way. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. Listen to this. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. All those sound like relationship offense issues to me. A lot of that. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he's not talking getting into heaven. He's talking about walking in the things of God on the earth. So we're deceiving ourselves thinking that because of feelings and emotions, we can operate this way, even if we think that we're right and they're wrong. If you operate and live this way, don't think the blessings and favor of God is going to be on your life while you're here. 
And can I tell you, we need the blessings and favor of God on our life because this world is evil and there's things happening and we're praying and believing God for some things and I would encourage you to look and see where your heart's at. My dad used to say all the time when I'd go to my dad with I'd have a problem or frustration or trouble, first thing my dad would say to me, where's your love walk, son? No, 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 I didn't come here for that. Listen what I'm saying, dad. Yes, but what's your love walk like? Every time. Why? Because you can't walk in the things of God here and still harbor those things. That's what the Bible says. Come on, that's not what Don's saying. I know it's like, well, that's just what you think. No, that's what the Bible says. Right there, I'm trying to show you the scripture on it. But the fruit of the Spirit, how we're to love, what we're to express and display is love in the midst of trials, joy in the midst of hurt, peace in the midst of chaos, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no long. There's no limit to how much of that you can experience, even on this evil planet with all the hurts and pains that surround us. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have been crucified the flesh, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. My heart, my hope was to show you in the scripture so you don't think that's my word, but that's his word because I deal with the same issues. I have to walk the same way. And I know this to be true. I've dealt with it enough times. I deal with it. In fact, one of the things I deal with the most is relationships. And I know that God's word works. If you go back to Psalm 90, you realize that your days are numbered. And when you do that, when you realize that, you walk with a heart of wisdom so you can do something about it. And when you live with a different mindset of, if you live with a different mindset, I got plenty of days. Yeah, you got plenty of days to hurt and to be offended and to fight. And I'm just trying to tell you that this actually matters and we need to live like that today. Our time is short. We need to gain a heart of wisdom. People matter. And we're spending way too much time fighting people and being mad at people. And we need to spend time loving people and serving people. In fact, the second question that some will get in heaven, God wants to ask two questions. If you answer correctly on the first question, guess what? You get a second one. And let me tell you, you want a second question. Because when he asks you, what did you do with my son? If you have, if you have, I've engaged him with a relationship. He's my best friend. Great. You get a second question. If you, if you respond, I didn't know him. You're done. <laughs> no more questions. But the second question is this. What did you do with the time I gave you? And what did you do with the resources, gift, talents, and abilities I gave you? Meaning, how did you impact other people's lives? Now, you're already into heaven, and that may be enough for you, but if the Bible says there's rewards, and that life over there is a whole lot longer than this life here, I want me some of those rewards. But I don't want to live with my, my flesh here and miss out on what God has for me in eternity. I may get there, but I don't just want to make it there. God has stuff for you, but it's directly tied to how you live your life, impacting positively the life of others here. This is a big issue, and we don't have, much, we don't have any more time for that. I wanted to share my heart with that, and I hope that you received it from my heart. Here's what he says in Matthew 25. 35. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. When, Lord? When did we ever do that for you? I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came and visited me. I don't understand. I don't remember any of that for you. He says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. When you treat people this way, you're treating Jesus that way. So here's my next question. And I don't have time to break this down. Or I just want you to chew on this one. If we treat people the other way, is it how we're treating Jesus? I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no, just something for you to ponder. It seems to me if he says you're treating me when you do this way, when you do those things, it would seem to me if we do thing, other things that maybe that's a way that it might be viewed. Number three, 
Eternity matters. Eternity matters. The vast majority of your life is on the other side. Thank God for heaven. Thank God for heaven. No more sadness, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more disease, no more construction on I-35. Ah, Lord. Krispy Kreme lights on all the time, the hot lights on all the time. You get to be reunited with loved ones on the other side. It's going to be awesome. Eternity matters. This life is but a vapor. So then it makes sense to why Jesus would say this in Luke 12, 15. Here's what he said. He said, they said to them, watch out. Eternity matters. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. What he's saying there is be on guard all kinds of greed. Being on guard uh, against instant gratification. Basically what he's telling us is then, hey, don't forget investing on the other side. Don't forget about investing on your, investing in your eternity because we want to live for the moment. We want everything right now. Give it to me right now. I want it right now. I need it right now. Instant gratification. And he's talking about investing on the other side. Go for the investment on the other side. The eternity is a whole lot longer than this temporary life we live. He says this in Matthew 6. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth rust vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break into steel, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you're storing up things in heaven, you have a heart for heaven. You're going to have that hope that you can endure anything in this life because we have a hope for our eternity. Life is but a vapor. Know what matters. Put it there is what he's saying. The things that matter, God matters, people matter, eternity matters. I want to offer you your forever next step while you're here on the earth. So what, I'm, what am I doing? When you have those values and we understand what matters, you can know how we live our life. Spend your life doing these things. Number one, know your purpose. Know your purpose. You gotta know why you're here. 87% of people don't have an answer to why they are on the planet. That means, tragically, 13% find it. That's all. And finding your purpose is where fulfillment comes from. Too many of us live in survival mode instead of significant mode. We have a survival mentality. I'm just going to I need to pay my bills, try not to get sick, fly under the radar, eat my share of food, drink my share of water, take up my share of space and air. Listen, that's not why you're here. You're here to make an impact in people's lives. You're here for significance. You're on this planet for a purpose. Not one of you is an accident. When you were created, God had something for you to do. You are here to make a difference. So how do I find it? It goes back to the first thing that matters. It corresponds to the first thing that matters. You will never find your purpose until you find the one who put purpose in you. Until you connect with your creator, you can never find out what you were created to do. You'll never find your purpose until you know God and keep knowing God and keep pressing into God. Look what King David said, Psalms 139. And he said this with with confidence, with surety. Here's what he said. Listen to how he says it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I love this part. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I get it, God. You did this. Your works are wonderful. I know it all full well. It's funny to me because he's describing himself right here. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Now understand, he wasn't saying that arrogantly. He was saying, I get it. It reminds me, I, I shared this before, you know, it, when we stand in front of the mirror, uh, uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful, flawless woman can stand in front of the mirror and find a flaw, but not, not be happy with that, and she'll find, nobody else can see it, but she will. But a man can get up and stand in front of the mirror in his boxers with his belly hanging over the waistband on a way too tight white t-shirt with stains on it, 
and bed hair and say, you're looking good, man. You're awesome. What David's saying right here is, I get it, God. I get it. You created me and you don't create junk. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. For your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. If you want to know about the book on your life, go to the one who wrote it. Why you're here and what you're to do. He wrote it. Go to where the book is. Because God made you a specific way. I love that verse 13 said, you created my inmost being. That's how we find out purpose. God made you a specific way. Your design will point to what you are to do. Design reveals destiny. You are made a certain way for a certain reason. We want you to discover it. That's why we have the growth track. Starts first Sunday in May. First service, you go to the growth track. Second service, you come and have a church in here. Your kids will enjoy two services because second service, there's a game room for second service kids. They'll beg you, they'll drag you to church to come and do that. Come, please go to two services. I want to go to the game room. So it's a win-win for everybody. But in the growth track, we help you discover your purpose. We give you a personality profile test. We give you a spiritual gift test because we believe God created your inmost being specifically for a reason. There's a reason why you cry at things and not cry at things. There's a reason why you laugh at things and not. Your temperament speaks to how you were created. Your gifts and skill sets speak to how you were created. And if you can discover that, you can, you're on, well on your way to discovering why you're here. That's important for us to understand. David realizes that he gets it. Listen, we all need to figure this one out. The truth is, really, honestly, we all have issues. I have issues, you have issues, all God's people have issues. We all do. The happiest people around here are not people without problems. The happiest people around here are people that have something bigger than their problems. Your purpose needs to be bigger than your problem. The problem is we focus on our issues or our problem and make them bigger than our purpose. In fact, so much it distracts us from knowing our purpose or doing our purpose. But when you discover your purpose and you're walking out and you're making your purpose bigger than your problems, your problems seem to become insignificant now. In fact, when you follow your purpose, you know what to say yes to and what not to say yes to, what to say no to, what not to say no to, and you'll find out that you have fewer problems. But you gotta know your purpose. To know your purpose, you got to know God. God matters. And most of us think the wrong things grow us. I know I'm trying to find it. I'm reading books on it. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm going to more Bible studies. I'm going to conferences. I'm, I'm going to seminars and all this kind of stuff. But listen, God has all that for you. Let I me mean, look at Colossians 1.16, message paraphrase. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Everything finds its purpose in him. God matters. Grow and know your purpose. Number two, grow your potential. Grow your potential. I know what to do. Now I need to grow in that. And again, most of us think the wrong things grows us. Wrong things grow us. It's great to read more Bible studies. It's great to go to podcasts. It's great to do all those things, seminars. But those things are great, full of great information. But information never changed somebody's life. All change happens in the context of relationships. Listen, like it or not, God created a system to help you grow, and it's called other people. Great, thank you, God. It's called other people. It's a system he created to help you grow, which, by the way, makes sense that why we have so much trouble with other people. So here's the devil knowing that if you get close to people, you're going to grow. So he stirs up junk between you and other people, so you won't trust anyone, so you won't connect with anyone. 
So we'll be critical, we'll be judgmental, we'll be jaded, we'll be guarded, and we won't open up. Psalms 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When you see iron hit together, guess what happens? Sparks, heat, smoke. That's a process of sharpening. That's what happens when we connect that way. There are sparks, heat, smoke. There's a lot going on there. Most of us don't wanna get that close. Or we walk away from that. In fact, a lot of us, when there's trouble in a relationship, we bail on the relationship, no matter how much we've invested. And that's what God had designed to develop our character. The problem is we don't wanna be uncomfortable. We wanna be happy. But God did not come to make you happy, he came to make you holy. He's more interested in your character than your comfort. And when I mean holy, I don't mean perfect. Holy means set apart. He wants to grow you. He wants you to grow. And guess what? He uses those moments, those relationships to help you do it. Sometimes we're eliminating the very thing God uses to grow us the most. And the enemy knows that. That's why he works so hard to destroy relationships and people. And I know what you're thinking. Why did I pick today to come to Tree of Life Church? <laughs> I just want to say, my name's Don and I'm your friend. <laughs> I'm more interested in your character than in your comfort too. So listen, this is why most people don't take the time or trouble to get in a small group where we can get close enough and honest enough where people can point out our blind spots and you can say, help me, I didn't know that. See, the truth is we need people to look and say, hey, 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 just, you got spinach in your teeth right there. Not literally spinach, but I'd be willing to pull you aside. See, because we can't see our blind spots. And so we need to develop relationship enough where we're honest and trusting people and they do the same for them. And we can say, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was there. I didn't, can you help me? Okay, church, you want to go on a spiritual journey after you're saved? Know your purpose. Grow to your potential. Then we get to live what life is really all about. And it says, sow the seeds that benefit others. You know, you grow, you sow. Sow the seeds. This is where it gets fun. This is where it gets fulfilling. This is what life is really all about. Now you can live your life every day knowing that everything you have, everything, car, house, barbecue pit, playground, trampoline, backyard, time, everything is to be used to make a difference for eternity in someone's life. Because eternity matters. This is what life is really all about. What, what do I mean by that? I mean, when you walk out of here today, you sow a hug. Maybe to somebody you didn't want to hug. You saw a handshake. You saw it's good to see you. Have a nice day. You saw an encouraging word. You listen to the Spirit of the Lord and he'll give you an encouraging. Listen, you saw, you saw, you leave this place and you go to the restaurant and you have that, that single mom working her tail off, double shifts to make ends meet. And you give the biggest honking tip you've ever given and you tell her, God bless you. God wants to be, he wants you to be his hands and feet. And so he wants you to impact other people's lives. Because eternity matters. This is where life becomes fun. This is when you show up at work tomorrow morning, Monday morning blues, with a box of donuts and you show some real love. <laughs> and they look at you and say, what'd you bring that for? Because I just want to know that this is gonna be the best Monday we've ever had. Man, God bless you, enjoy. He wants, to be, he wants you to be his hands and feet. So your life, it's what's next. After you're saved, sow your life. That's why, that's what I want Tree of Life to look like. I want to reach more and more people. I want to help more and more people. Why? Because eternity matters. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly. Man, that's when it stinks. 
when we reap sparingly, but it's a direct result of how we live our life. Remember, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Listen, and we're not talking just about money here. I know that's what it's equated to. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Sow your time, sow your energy, sow a smile, sow a box of donuts, whatever. You'll reap a whole bunch of them. No, I'm just kidding. You sow all that. Listen. And here's what happens. Each of you should do what you've decided in your heart to do to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And look at his promise. When you sow in the benefit of the people, his promise, verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. Say every way. Every way. That speaks back to those two scriptures. Why? Because it's not just about money. Because when you sow your life in every way, you will be enriched in every way. So it's not just money. I mean, and that's what people say. Hey, I just want our money, Pastor. No, I want you to, to know eternity matters and sow your life in every way so more people will know. In fact, it goes on to say this. Here's why. So you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God or other people will be reached. Can I tell you, there is nothing more fun or fulfilling than to see another person give their heart to Christ. And he wants to use you. So know your purpose. Grow to your potential. And so in the lives of other people. And that we do until the day we go from this life to the next. That's what matters most. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me thank you for being so patient. This is the most important thing that we do here. So I ask that you just... Hanging there a little longer with the child dedication typically runs just a, a bit longer. But the most important thing we do is give people an opportunity to encounter Jesus, give their life to Jesus, get their eternity changed so they can stand before God. And when he asks the question, what did you do with my son? I received him as Savior and Lord. Today's that day. Today's that opportunity. If you're here and you cannot remember a moment in time that you invited Jesus to come in and be your Savior and Lord. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe you've been knowing God, but not, not knowing him personally. You know about God, but you don't know him personally. If you don't have that relationship with him, you cannot remember you intentionally, purposely invited him in, and today is your day. Maybe you think you did one time as a kid, and you're not sure, and you want to be sure. Then today is your day. In just a few moments, I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment. I'm not going to have anybody stand. not going to have you come up front. In fact, we'll all pray the prayer together. But if you're here today, you feel something tugging on your heart and you know that you need to extend an invitation for Jesus to come in and change your life forever. Or you want to be sure because you're not sure because of what maybe have happened sometime in your past. And if you would say, Pastor, could you include me in that commitment prayer? Let me see your hand this morning. Let me just see your hand simply. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Join the 370 plus given their life to Christ. Best decision of your life. So look around one more time. Anybody else? See that hand. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've prayed that prayer, but it seems like he's a million miles away. Well, let me encourage you. He will never leave you or forsake you. But sometimes we need to make a course adjustment, get back on track. We might say rededicate, recommit. But if that's you and you know you need to get back on track with the things of God, make a course adjustment and you would say, Pastor, could you include me in that prayer? Let me see your hand as well this morning. Let me just see your hand. Thank you, thank you. Hands all over. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Amen. You can put those hands down. Everyone can look up for just another moment. 
We're going to pray the prayer as I said. I want you to repeat it after me, but mean it from the bottom of your heart because God sees your heart and does what only he can do, change and transform you from the inside out. So if you would, please join me in this prayer. Repeat it after me, but mean it from the bottom of your heart and let's let God be God this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your son. Sent to the earth to die on a cross to pay for my sin and then go to a grave and rise again in victory. Jesus Thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for paying for my sin. And thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior and Lord, now and forever. I receive you now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, God's a good and faithful God, amen. He's faithful. You can trust them. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.